Guess what I did? What did you do? I bought Baldur's Gate 3. That sounds familiar. What's that? It's a D&D game. That's why it sounds familiar. <gasps> for the computer? For the computer. I should have figured that there would be D&D games for the computer, but I've never I've never done that before. Is it fun? Uh, so far it's it, it's it's pretty fun. I mean, I've just started it. Like literally, like it finished the download at like noon. Oh, okay. <laughs> You've gotten like 2 hours. Okay. Not even. Yeah. Because I ended up spending like an hour and a half in character creator. Which is so fun. I love creating gotta, a character. You, oh, I love creating characters too. Like you got to have like like a character that you're like, yeah, I'm going to be cool staring at this person. Yeah. All these hours of gameplay. Yeah. So I made myself a, uh, a tiefling monk. I love playing tieflings. I'm kind of new to this whole D&D thing. This will help you kind of dip your toes into it in a non-pressured environment, which I think is nice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my, my wife is thrilled because she takes credit for getting me into D&D because she started playing D&D. And, she should. Oh, and uh, then you started listening to D- D- Dimension 20. And started listening to Dimension 20, yeah. Did that inspire you? Well, it's like I kind of understand the mechanics now, so. Yeah, and it's going to be like on your brain a little more. That's great. I'm sad because I had to drop out of the D&D campaign I was in for like a year because of uh-huh. how my work schedule changed. I just wasn't able to make it work anymore, which was a huge bummer because we were literally about to go like hunt down the gang that killed my fucking parents. And I feel a little bit bad for the DM because that was like the next leg of, oh man, fuck. The next part of the plot was contingent on my motivations and I only just now thought about that. Oh, that sucks. Oh, fuck me, man. I feel really bad about that. And also I'd started a cult and it was a really fun little side project, but we were about to go like hunt down the red brand and like kill them because they were making problems in our city and also they kill my parents. My name is Inigo Montoya style. I'm sure they figured it out. There's also a giant like worm. I'm sure they, they, they thought of something too. Uh, oh no, Josh is a great storyteller. I'm certainly figured it out. And I'm hoping that they'll get to kill the worm that somebody named Bart Simpson, sorry, Bart Sampson, and we haven't been able to kill it yet. We just keep hearing about the guy. Anyway. Anyway. So, yeah, I've been doing a bit of computer D&D. That's so fun. Which is exciting. What video games have you been playing lately? So, Shiloh got me a Nintendo Switch for my birthday, which was so, 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 so cool for them. And my friend Claire got me a capture card so I can stream the Nintendo Switch on twitch.tv forward slash tv underscore B. Haven't done it yet, but... I think it'd be really fun to do it. Um, I got a couple of multiplayer games that me and Shiloh could play. Uh, One of them is Pico Park, and basically it's like a little teamwork game, so you have to get through kind of like obstacle courses. It's like a platformer. It's really, really cute. And I also played it on my birthday, because you can play with up to nine people, just like each holding a single Joy-Con. And so we had like six people playing at a time, and my friends are bad at teamwork in video games. So we struggled. It was fun. We did struggle pretty substantially. <laughs> um, it's a great gotcha. game, though. It's very simple. It's good if you want to like post stream clips of yourself like screaming. Like Do I you feel have like, a huh? Did you get Super Smash Brothers? I haven't actually gotten Smash yet, but that is on my list alongside Mario Kart. I have Mario Party already. Smash is, is a lot of fun. Smash is fun. I'm just so bad at it, but I would like to get better. Like, me and Shiloh would both like to get better because neither of us were raised on that one. Someone brought a GameCube Smash to my... No, it was Shiloh's birthday that they brought it to. Uh, and that was really fucking fun. And we do still have that one, come to think of it. That'd GameCube Smash is the one that I actually like. That That's the really? one that I played. That's yeah. fun. You should come over and play. It's awesome. It's really cool. Um, I should at some point. You should. We have a lot... Of, like we collect consoles 
Like, we have, like, SNES games and shit, and a lot of GameCube games, and PS2, 3, and 4, and the Switch, and the Wii, and the Xbox 360, and a DS Lite. Yeah, we've been... a lot of game consoles. We've been collecting. It's really, really fun. (laughs) But yeah, you should come over, and we should play games. It's Gender Swap. Welcome to Gender Swap, a podcast by two transgender siblings, one of whom completely blanked on the fact that we weren't just having a conversation, and the other one is doing their best to try to keep this train on the rails. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Micah. My pronouns are they, them. My, uh, my, Jesus fucking Christ. I'm Stevie, and I use he, they pronouns, and I have four brain cells bouncing around like the DVD logo on a CRT TV. Because you're a bit, you're a bit baked. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll try to get through this. Well, actually, hold on. Yeah. I thought the point of doing this earlier in the day was so we'd have so more I be of ba- our, uh, yeah. faculties about us, and we'd, we'd, we'd be more uh, razored edge. When it comes to the, the quick zings and quips. Wrong. And uh, wrong. We changed it for different reasons. I thought that it would be like that. And then you were like, oh, well, I took an edible at 8 a.m. this morning. So I'm still I'm still smoked. And I'm like, okay, well, shit. I mean, I guess I guess there aren't rules on a Sunday. So my tolerance is so high that I don't get smoked anymore. That is buck wild. I need to take a tea break. But like, I still get just enough out of it to kind of like loosen up a bit. And yeah. Not be, uh, as tense and anxious that's very difficult i feel like if you got like really really strong cbd like really strong cbd you'd be able to bring down the tea break while potentially balancing it out you would need substantial cbd though (laughs) i would i would actually yeah uh we've got some stuff lined up that to be quite honest with you i'm not sure how this is gonna go okay based on its unfamiliarity or Based on, I kind of threw it together because I wanted to play Baldur's Gate 3 more. So you're admitting to me that you're bringing a half-baked, half-assed plan to the podcast today. Well, only some of it's half-assed. One of these was planned in advance. And you expected me to pick up the slack. Of course, Stevie. That's your job. Because I carry the podcast on my back. (laughs) That's your job. You pick up the slack whenever I half-ass. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we take turns, which is a a good and balanced way. We don't plan who's going to be picking up the slack though so it clashes sometimes that's okay yeah oh something i forgot to mention in the opener yeah what so we went to costco right yeah this morning yeah yeah and actually you know what this is going to be uh this week in transit oh good this week in transit yeah so we went to costco mm-hmm. like you do mm-hmm. pushing the shopping cart in mm-hmm. and as we're we, we stop by uh this display that they have mm-hmm. of um you know, standing desks? Yeah. They've, they've got this new standing desk that's like 48 inches long. That's nice. Andrea's been looking at it for a while, kind of wants to get it. It's like 300 bucks. Mm, okay. That's a lot for so a standing it's like, desk. It's a chunk, uh, not for a standing desk. Adjustable height and all that shit? I, I have one that has two different levels, and you can adjust them, and it rolls around, and it's pink. And I got it off of the internet for like 80 bucks. See, this is one of those electric ones. What the fuck do you mean an electric one? Where you go, me hit a button, and then it goes, me. Oh, this is like computers in it and shit. That's why it's three hundred dollars. Yeah, I have to manually. So you can adjust it. like the exact height that you actually want. No, that, stuck with that only... fucks. That's really cool. Yeah, I didn't know so that existed. She's been thinking about getting it for a while, like you do. Yeah. Because you know that that would that would be handy for yeah. whenever she works at home and just yeah. just you know being at her desk in general. That'd be nice. While we're looking at it, across from us is a bunch of the Halloween costumes because of course 
Costco started again in Halloween yeah. costumes. Yeah. Because it, it may be August, but it's never too soon never. to start planning for Halloween. Never. It's still like 110 degrees outside, but like, let's get ooky spooky and a little chilly. We're looking at the desk, and this family comes by us. Mm-hmm. And they stop next to the Halloween costumes. Oh, no. The dad picks up the frilliest dress on the rack, oh, turns Lord. to his son. Oh, no. It says, look, boy, I found your Halloween costume. Leave him alone. And the kids are like, no, I don't want blah, 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 blah. And he's like, ah, we're going to dress you up like a girl. Jesus fucking Christ. So I'm, I don't say anything to them. No. I don't know them. Yeah. Whatever the fuck. I'm not going to do this interaction. Yeah. I don't want to have to deal with this shit. Yeah. But it just really stuck in my craw because it's like, what the fuck are you going to do if your kid is trans? Even if your kid isn't trans and just wants to like wear an item of clothing, being so fucking weird about fabric is wild to me. Like that is so... uh, And even if the kid isn't trans, you're training the kid to be a bully. Yeah. Like you're, 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 you're demonstrating to your kid like what is and isn't okay to like say to people or certain ways to think and you're just kind of planting that really early and that feels really gross like you don't have to you don't have to do that also i feel yeah. that there's something to be said for um you know whenever like women used to only wear dresses and then they're like hey we'd like to wear pants the men were like no 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 no, no. you can't have pants you can't have pants that's a boy thing you can't have pants and then eventually they got to wear pants and that ended up being considered like the norm um but it is still not considered the norm for a man to wear a dress because I don't know, it feels like, well, of course, a woman would want to wear a man's clothes, but it'd be demeaning for us to wear a woman's clothes. Do you know what I mean? Yes, no, exactly, because it is, it is, it, women taking pants is women taking a sort of mantle of power. Yeah, but it would be demeaning for it to go the other way around. Exactly. <sighs> Why, you're a man. Why would you want to dress like a woman who is lesser? That also, uh is the root of a lot of trans misogyny because the idea is like being a woman is is so like awful like why would you uh, why would you willingly take this on and that comes from both yeah. the side of like male misogynists and turfs who let's be real stop calling them feminists a lot of it comes down to bioessentialism and very limited ways of viewing at womanhood and that's just that's not good for anybody trans or not i don't really see how you could look at that line of thinking and not see how it also exclu- uh, excludes cis women or really anybody who's gender non-conforming yeah I didn't mean to get us off on that bummer of a topic. No, it's okay. I mean, it makes sense that you'd be stuck thinking about it. I actually have kind of a a tangentially related uh, brain worm that has been stuck with me. Okay. Ah, oh shit, this matters. Do you care about spoilers for Good Omens Season 2? I don't care about spoilers. I don't care about spoilers for Good Omens Season 2. I'm going to eventually see it, but I just... Okay. Look, I've got Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, you've got bigger things to worry about, bigger fish to fry. Okay, listener... Skip ahead approximately two, maybe three minutes if you don't want spoilers. It came out two weeks ago, so sorry. But I was thinking about it because I made Shiloh watch it. I've watched it exactly two times within like the week span after it came out. Um, I watched it by myself and then made Shiloh watch it with me. Um, but when they watched the season two finale, when Crowley and Aziraphale finally kiss in a tragic beautiful beautiful scene because they are about to have to part and it is it like the music swells but it's like it it sounds like a a motif of loss rather than like the joyful moment it should be because this is like Crowley's last ditch effort to try and get Aziraphale to stay and this is something but they both want but can't have oh my god bitch Mm! I have not felt 
that kind of like attachment to uh, a fandom or fictional series since high school. And I was scrolling that tag on Tumblr all night. That's unrelated. Um, but I, I really, I, man, it's, it, man, I really like this piece of media. Anyway, but Shiloh's reaction to it, they like immediately exclaimed, like, they let them kiss? And it, they were like overjoyed. Like, they were so excited, but like astonished. And like, it's sweet to think about that like the powers that be could have just like nixed it from the beginning because like they have before and they like will again and we just like wouldn't have ever gotten to see that in terms of like representation and that's a very good feeling but i also was thinking about like it's kind of a it's a bummer that it's still surprising you know yeah like it is considered more socially acceptable to be gay now but it still feels pleasantly surprising when we actually see it reflected on screen in a like concrete material way that isn't just like hinted at through subtext and i really really hope that one day like i can tell my kids about that and i hope that they feel like it's i I hope they that's like a foreign feeling to them like i hope that feels strange to them to think that like at one point in time it was surprising to like see two men kiss on screen you know like i want that to be a surprising feeling to them i don't know and i'm glad from what i'm gathering from this they didn't pull a star wars on it which was star wars for like three seconds you had lesbian characters mm. who weren't even like main characters but like background characters oh yeah give each other a hug and a smooch oh yeah and so they, they could cut it out in other countries and then they immediately cut to yeah. the ugliest fucking alien with this the weird fucking face the slug live thing. slug reaction yeah 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 so i'm glad to i'm glad to find out that they didn't star wars it no, the context of it was just like 100% focused on the relationship between the two of them, and it was insanely well written. And someone asked Neil Gaiman on Twitter, they were saying, like, uh, I know that a sequel was in the works between you and Terry Pratchett before he passed away. Is season two what that sequel would have been? And Neil Gaiman said, no, season three is what the sequel would have been. Season two is the bridge between them, which is great because somebody else also said, like, so they tweeted along the lines of, like, I'll fucking riot if season three doesn't have a happy ending. And kind of Mr. Gaiman retweeted it and said, I would too. So there's obviously yeah. something in the works. Like, obviously he has plans for this to have a happy ending. And that makes my heart very happy. Meanwhile, Tumblrinas are freaking the fuck out, and there is, like, a certain subsection of the fandom who is certain that, like, Aziraphale was, like, drugged to make this bad decision, and the thing is, like, this has been foreshadowed. This has been led up to this. He's not being mind-controlled because this is a natural part of his character arc that you could have seen coming if you were astute enough to recognize it. Just because a character does something you don't like doesn't mean they're acting out of character do you know what i mean it's just so strange yeah. that that was part of like the immediate reaction i was heartbroken by it but it's completely expected like this is something that probably would have come up sooner rather than later whether the event did or not the theme and issue behind it would have you know anyway yeah. it's interesting because like i'm seeing fandom drama again firsthand and i haven't had to engage with that in years and years and years i'm glad you're getting your feet wet again in fandom drama i have sworn off fandom drama in general and i just you should find it that i don't care about enough about any particular ip these days oh yeah to really give a shit even with the the ones that i was a huge fan of in high school like doctor who and sherlock i was not an active participant in fandom culture as far as like t- 
Tumblr went because I wasn't allowed to have it and I got all the good posts on Pinterest. But like even then when it came to other shows that I really liked, engaging with the fandom I feel is a really quick way to ruin uh, uh, an IP for yourself. And maybe not everybody has that experience, but it seems like it just ends up causing a lot of infighting that like robs it of its joy and so I don't yeah. really care to engage very heavily with it. Like, if I like the piece, I'll, I'll engage with the piece. You know what I mean? No, I definitely get, get what you mean. Yeah. So if you like the piece, you will engage with the piece. That's that's cool. Yeah. Well, guess what you're about to engage with? What? Something you're not going to like. Is it the news? Here comes the news. Our first headline. Uh-huh. Georgia attorney sentenced for storming Capitol on January 6th. <laughs> Fucking dumbass. <laughs> Fucking dumbass. This is from Fox 5 Atlanta. Mm-hmm. A Georgia attorney who joined the attack on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, 2021, and then went on social media to brag about breaking into Nancy Pelosi's office. The podium guy. Has been sentenced. William McCall Calhoun, Calhoun Jr., aged 60. Jesus. So old enough to know better, was sentenced to 18 months in prison for obstruction of an official proceeding. What a loser. Only 18 months, though. Yeah, only 18 months. That's 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 notable. He'll be fucking If fine. a leftist did this, they'd give him, like, 10 years. Yeah. They did try to do a riot. Yeah. Look at a lot of leftist history, the way they did the Black Panthers dirty. Yeah. They were giving them, like, decades in prison for, for yeah. lesser offenses. Yeah. Tells you what you need to know. Yeah, it really does tell you what you need to know about it. Obstruction of an official proceeding, entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds, disorderly conduct in a Capitol building. Multiple charges. parading, demonstrating, or picketing in a Capitol building. That is so many charges for him to get a year and a half, and he'll probably be let out early for quote-unquote good behavior. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm anti-carceral. Oh, yeah. I think we should, ab- I think we should abolish prisons entirely. Until then, do it equally. Do it properly. You know? I feel like that's already hard to do. But, like, don't be a hypocrite, at least. Uh, Calhoun's social media accounts referenced his alleged ability to fire sniper headshots (laughs) and called for the slaughter of political enemies. Hey, that feels like something he shouldn't have only gotten 18 months for. That's pretty significant. Calhoun bragged on social media that he was among the first rioters to break into uh, Nancy Pelosi's office Mm. and predicted the powerful Democrat probably would have been torn into little pieces. So that's like threatening death and violence to a political figure who like if somebody just did that and didn't even break in, they would also go to jail probably. Probably for 18 months for that alone. Yeah. We occupied the Capitol and shut down the government. We shut down their stolen election shenanigans. Calhoun wrote according to a sworn statement from an FBI agent. Jesus Christ. I was there and I saw it all. My buddy Andy, Nally, and I were the first 200 <gasps> to push up the steps. Now you're so outing him. he ended him. up ratting out his friend. Damn. Damn. Not good at info security. No, pretty bad at it. It's kind of rule number one of protests. And inside after the Vanguard had clashed hard with the police and had them retreat. Calhoun wrote that he was going to Washington to give the GOP some backbone. Hmm... Calhoun, who described himself as a practicing attorney in Americas for 30 years, who primarily handled criminal defense cases, was arrested on January 15th, 2021 in Macon. Okay. He usually handled criminal defense cases. He's pretty bad at defending his own criminal actions, though. Well, here's the thing. You would think he would know what constitutes the criminal actions. 
and would know that maybe, just maybe, doing this might be considered a criminal offense. Yeah. What, they thought that they would just, like, be chill about it? No long-term planning. No long-term planning. You know why there was no long-term planning? Hmm. Because they thought they would win. Yeah, they definitely did. And Trump said that he would pardon anyone. Oh, he did say that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Which kind of tough to do if you're not president. Yeah. That's really fucking funny. Also, stoked for Trump to get lots of time in court. Not necessarily prison. Doesn't he get to choose his own judge and jury or some bullshit like that? I don't know about that. I don't know. Heard something along those lines recently, and I was like, that can't be right. I hope that's that, not that, right. That, can, that can't be right. No. <laughs> I really hope not. Oh, well. But speaking of Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Social media posts flagged by prosecutors in a court filing. Oh, Lord. In a filing late on Friday night, the prosecutor said they feared Mr. Trump might disclose confidential evidence. <gasps> what? They justified the move, citing a post by Mr. Trump shared on Friday, saying it targeted people involved in the case. Mr. Trump's so- team insisted the post was directed at political opponents. What? Uh, on the Truth Social Network, Mr. Trump wrote, If you go after me, I'm coming after you. Oh, my fucking God, dude. On Friday You're afternoon, not making yourself look good. Just after he pleaded not guilty to four charges in the alleged election fraud case. Oh my God. The charges, which include conspiracy to defraud the U.S., tampering with a witness, and, conspir- con- and conspiracy against the rights of citizens, mm. stemmed from the former president's actions in the wake of the 2020 campaign, including around the January 6th, ca- January Capitol riot. Yeah. And they're filing... The Office of Special Counsel Jack Smith said that the Post raised concerns that Trump could publicly reveal secret material, including a grand, including grand jury transcripts obtained Ooh. from prosecutors. Oh. Noting that Mr. Trump has a history of attacking judges, attorneys, and witnesses against him. Oh my God. Mr. Smith's office warned that his behavior could have a harmful, chilling effect on witnesses or adversely affect the fair administration of justice in this case. Yeah, that won't endear you to them, no. Even if you get a new judge, you think the judge is going to be like, well, I saw that you doxed the last judge. You can can go. That's cool. Like, what are you fucking... It's wannabe mob shit. Wannabe mob shit is such a good way to put it. Trump is so lame. Because he wants to intimidate them and all that, and he (sighs) hopes that someone who is a fan of his will take care of the problem for him. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's wannabe mob shit. Very much so. Uh, moving on from uh, Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. This one is a bit of a harder headline. Okay. A New York City high school student charged with the hate-motivated murder <gasps> and killing of a gay dancer. Oh, my God. Uh, this is from the AP. Uh, police have arrested a 17-year-old high school student on a hate-motivated murder charge in the fatal stabbing of a professional dancer during an altercation between two groups of friends at a New York City gas station last weekend. Oh, my God. Police took the teenager into custody in connection with the killing of the 28-year-old O'Shea Sibley, who was gay. Authorities declined to release the defendant's name. Hmm. Oh, because he's a minor. (sighs) True. Parents lost a child, a child, to something that was clearly a hate crime. Mm. Mayor Eric Adams, a former police captain, said Saturday during a news conference outside the Brooklyn gas station where Sibley was killed on July 29th. The stabbing occurred after the two groups got into a confrontation at one of the gas pumps, where Sibley was dancing with his friends to a Beyonce song. Jesus. Authorities said Sibley's group was being taunted by the other group before the confrontation ended in violence. Jesus fucking Christ. Security camera video... 
showed the two groups arguing for a few minutes. Both sides had walked away when Sibley and a friend abruptly returned and again confronted one of the younger men who stayed behind recording on his phone. In the video, Sibley could be seen following the teen and then lunging at him before the two disappeared out of the camera's view. A moment later, he walks backward into view, checking his side, and then collapses to the sidewalk. Jesus. He was stabbed once in the left rib cage, Jesus according to Christ. Assistant Police Chief Joe Ke Kenny. We can see on the video a heated verbal dispute quickly turns physical, he said. God damn. As they wanted to refuel their vehicle, Mr. Sibley and his group began dancing to music that was playing in their car. At this point, a male called out to Mr. Sibley and his group demanding that they stop dancing, Kenny said. As the group began to yell at Mr. Sibley and his friends, they began to call him derogatory names and used homophobic slurs against him. Typical. The initial encounter lasted about four minutes, police said, when Sibley and four other men stopped refuel while traveling home to New York City from New Jersey. Jesus. Yeah, it goes on getting people's comments on it. Jesus fucking Christ. I hear a lot of people my age mm -hmm. often say the kids are going to be all right. Mm. Because they assume that naturally all of Gen Z and Gen <laughs> Alpha are going to be extremely liberal because things are just trending more liberal with the younger generations. Statistically, but I see shit. I see shit like this, and it's yeah. like, no, some of these kids are still going to be shitheads. Like they're they're still, yeah. Like even if statistically, like more people lean liberal or lean left, like it, it's not all encompassing, you know. Like it's not like bigotry just dies out, you know. Like it has to be kind of actively combated and actively educated against. And when that is not happening at all, it's not like it gets easier. And the thing is, you know that there's some some grown-ups in this kid's life that taught him all oh, this yeah. shit and taught him how. Oh, yeah. To, to, to be extremely homophobic. Yeah. It's it's taught by your environment. It doesn't just naturally happen. No. Like, it, all, it, it, it comes from somewhere. Kids aren't innately fucked up. That fucking blows. That makes me yeah, really bummed out. Yeah, that fucking blows. That fucking sucks. Yeah. I hope the kid gets tried as an adult, because he wanted to fucking act like an adult, so. I hope he gets tried as an adult as well. Yeah. Yeah, sorry to bring this energy to the to the comedy podcast, but yeah. sometimes there's stuff in the news that's important, and I think we should talk about it. And yeah, it's important to acknowledge. To, to, to get a, a perspective on. Yeah. Because while we try to keep everything funny and laughing and all that, uh, need I remind you, the world is on fire, and we're currently <laughs> undergoing a climate collapse. So every yeah. now and then, some dark shit is going to end up seeping in, whether we like it or not, because... Yeah dark shit in our lives in general has shit seeping in whether we like it or not by the way scientists have found a way to um like turn seawater into fine mist and shoot it up into the atmosphere so when the water evaporates the salt molecules are, are still up there and it um shields us a little bit more from the sun's heat i learned this in a hank green video earlier um, the reason this was happening, uh, initially, we were already uh, getting shielded from the heat by the pollution that comes from um, sulfur being um, released from, like, cargo boats that are, like, really, 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 really big and cause, like, basically clouds behind them in the sky that are caused by the sulfur being released from it. Um, and, like, two-ish years ago, uh, some law made it illegal. So, like, you have to have 
not that much sulfur coming out of your boats. Um, so that means that our atmosphere has a lot less sulfur, which is good because then we're not getting sulfuric acid. But also it turns out that we were being protected in that way from our own pollution. So now that that's gone, we are even less shielded from the heat, uh, which is why it's gotten so much hotter, like exponentially in the last couple of years, which is so cool. The upside though, is that that does also show us okay, well, that's possible, and we can put stuff into the atmosphere that isn't sulfur. Um, so that's why they started shooting fucking seawater up into the atmosphere, so the salt from that can also do that, which is pretty interesting and pretty cool. And this is something that probably wouldn't have gotten, like, experimented on on a large scale, because that would take a lot to, to do, and this is an experiment they that just happened by accident. And so they got, like, tangible proof that, uh, shit, what is it called? It's like geo something... I don't know. But yeah, something along those lines. But like they're able to use the Earth's own stuff to combat climate change. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Yeah. So there's hope. I'm going to take you from lighter news that you just brought on. Okay. And drag you back down a bit. Why would you do that? All the way to heck. This is take you to heck. Today, I've got sort of slightly different. Usually, I'll talk about three different demons. Okay. This time, I'm going to talk about a type of demon. Mm-hmm. A specific example of that type of demon. Mm-hmm. And an action that type of demon takes. Okay, that's interesting. The whole group classification of demons we're going to talk about are Oni. Okay. Which are evil spirits in Japanese mythology and folklore... Ah, that's Oni are typically large in size, possess superhuman strength, and are terrifying in appearance. What do you want to bet there's a horror game called Oni already? Uh, there's one called Onimusha. There, you already know of one? Yeah, it's old. How's it spelled? It's from oh, the I. 90s. It was done by Capcom, where you're samurai killing, like, demons. That's fun. Oh, there's one called Ao-Oni? A-O-O-N-I. Horror-themed video game developed under the name of No Props, first released in November 2008 as a Japan-only freeware, and then was later adapted to an official English-language version. Interesting. Well, the cover's spooky. I don't like that very much. They're associated with disease, calamity, and misfortune. Fun, I guess. They're, de- they're found in countless Japanese stories and myths, where they tend to be depicted as roguish villains. Oh, I don't know why I would have expected something more devious than a roguish villain. Roguish villains, yeah. Uh, they usually possess one or two short horns that are said to be of an ox. Well, so they, they, okay. they have ox horns. Oh, bitch, I thought you meant for real that they went and possessed an ox's horns. And I was like, how is that going to help anything? How are they going to control the ox from the horns? I did not know you meant like, as in literally have ox horns. But now you've cleared that up for the listener as well. Hey, listeners, sound off in the Spotify comments if you th- thought what Stevie thought, that the Oni were going to just possess a ox horns while they're still attached to the ox does not being able to do anything like what good is that even gonna do what a bad idea it is a bad idea which is why they didn't do it yeah that's why they don't do it that's that's, okay yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) so when clothed they're usually shown wearing a loincloth made of tiger skin sexy okay the combination of ox horns and tiger skin is a play on ushitoro the japanese uh word for, for the direction north by northeast 
Oh, also, I don't support the killing of big cats. I shouldn't have said the lines. I shouldn't have said the skin. The tiger skin was sexy. I take it back. Okay, continue. I had to clear my name. Oh, that's true. They wouldn't just have a tiger print like. I was imagining like a, a, a like dinky little like hustler Hollywood lingerie kind of deal. <laughs> so you were thinking of a banana hammock. More or less, I was thinking of slightly more coverage because they did say loincloth, but I did I did just think it was printed on. And I forgot that tiger print isn't independent of tiger skin in this context. I suspect. Yeah, because it, it says tiger skin loincloth. Less positive connotations. So, translated literally, Ushi means ox and Toro means tiger. According to Japanese folklore, this direction, north by northeast, was considered to be ominous and mm. was sometimes referred to as Kimon or Oni's Gate. Interesting. I wonder why it was ominous. I wonder I, if any, like, bad weather patterns came from that direction. I feel like that's that could be a reason or something. I don't know. Maybe. In, like, superstitious uh, I, uh, terms. I feel like that would be, make the most sense. That would. I have, I have no, it, it gives me nothing here. Like, it literally, <laughs> that's the end of the paragraph, and it moves on. It said it's an ominous direction in, this was Japan? Uh, Japan, yes. According to Japanese folklore. Well, that just brings up the Oni again. The Oni come from so the- So they think the, it's an ominous direction, so they named the Oni after it. The, the Oni come from the Northeast, so it's scary. Well, why is the Northeast scary? Because the Oni come from it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. So maybe do you think Oni are real, and maybe Oni actually did come from that direction? Yeah, that would make me pretty pretty scared of them too. It would make sense you just call them the Northeast Beast. Oni are depicted in Japanese artwork with a variety of skin colors, including mm. black, blue, green, red, and yellow skin. Mm. They often have a large locks of unkempt hair. Oh. Sometimes Oni are depicted with a third eye on the center of their head, mm, like kind of like like a cyclops, know. but it's like up there instead. Yeah, like a cyclops, except it's just an extra eye. In other cases, an Oni may be cyclops. That's not what a cyclops... They might be? Wait, so it could be a triclops or a cyclops. Triclops, cyclops, or, like you and I, biclops. I guess that would be biclops, wouldn't it? So they just have to have a non-standard number of eyes. (laughs) Oni typically have large mouths with almost tusk-like canines. At the end of their powerful claws are clawed hands and feet, and they're often shown carrying a weapon of choice... A large, heavy, iron, hexagonal club called a tetsubo. Hexagonal club? A large, heavy, iron, hexagonal club called a tetsubo. How's a club going to have six sides? That sounds more like a paddle. Like it's long? Yeah. And then six sides, like a hexagon shaped. Oh, like, like a, a baseball bat, bat, but it's... Oh, but the tube of it is a hex... That's crazy. Why does it need six sides? I don't know. They, 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 again, All right, that's okay. in the paragraph. <laughs> what website is this paragraph on? This is from mythos.fandom.com. Yeah, I, I trust them. Yeah, I trust them too. They uh, they actually do have footnotes and cite their sources. That's that's nice. That's a nice change of pace. Which I'm not clicking on them because I don't want to have to scroll back and forth. And they literally have, okay, hold on. Let me, let me tell you how many references they have. They have 25 references. That link to, like, JSTOR yeah. articles. Oh, that's good. They're committed. I suppose yeah, they like could have they falsified ha- them, but, like, who's going to go to that much effort, even? Yeah, and, like, it looks like Britannica, Oxford Reference. Like, they're actually, like, putting in the effort and research here. So they're the real case, deal. I trust them more than I trust most of the websites we read. That's good. You should. Certainly more than AnimeMatch.com. 
no references whatsoever, and it fucking shows. They could at least tell me which anime scene they were watching when they thought up a scenario. Like, come on. Like, we can all tell you're ripping this directly from something. At least be transparent about it. Anyway, So, Oni. Vincent Legends. <laughs> the term Oni is often translated to English as ogre or demon. Oh. Due to their similarity to demons from Christian traditions. Mm-hmm. Unlike demons in Christianity, Oni are not considered to be intrinsically evil. Interesting. Rather... They are considered to be wrathful and uncontrolled, but still able to be converted to Buddhism. <laughs> they might start off bad. They might start off rough around the edges. But if you bring them the good word of Buddha, they, you, can, you can eventually bring them around. That's really delightful. I think that sends a good message. According to Japanese Buddhism, Oni constitute one of the six orders of life in the cycle of birth, death, and rebirth known as samsara. Fascinating. When a particularly wicked person dies, it is believed that they will either be reborn as, or transformed into, an Oni. Hmm. In some tales, a person can become so wicked that they turn into an Oni even before they die. Whoa! According to Shinto myths, a part of the soul of either a deity or a mortal, known as an Aramitana can become an Oni if that person or deity has been insulted or wronged in some way. Damn. Oni are said to reside in Jigoku, or Buddhist hell. Huh. And are servant of King Inma, the ruler of Jigoku, and Me Meido. Cool. So there's definitely like, like parallels there. That's interesting. There in Jigoku, the Oni punish and torture others who have been wicked in their past life, but oh. not wicked enough to transform into an Oni themselves. Interesting. In accordance to King Enma's uh, judgment, these horrible punishments include peeling off skin, crushing bones, and <laughs> frying the damned in a giant frying pan. Oh my god, what the fuck? They are also known to emerge from Buddhist hell in order to punish or terrify wicked mortals. Damn. So if you see one, it's probably not a good sign. If you see one, you might be a bit of a shithead. Like, it sounds like they generally aren't going after the good guys, the regular guys. Yeah. There's some more here where it starts talking about, uh, mo oh, that's modern depictions. Mm. Let's skip that because we talked enough about the actual category. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Now I want to talk about a specific Oni. Mm -hmm. This is Kirumaru, which means Oni Boy, is an Oni who appeared... And Sorry, Kokun, that's like naming your kid human guy. Anyway. <laughs> is an oni who appeared in uh, Kokan Chumanju, a collection of notable tales old and new, a Kamakara period complication of myths and legends of the Heian period to Sorry. Japanese mythology. Was it supposed to be compilation? It says complication. It says complication? Okay. It says complication. Okay. That's why I had to reread it a second time, because I was actually like... Wait. <laughs> he was a member of Shuten Doji's clan, and is said to be Shuten Doji's son. Hmm. He is known for his attempts to take revenge upon the samurai who defeated his father. Oh, shit. So it sounds like his so, father wasn't a good guy. Well, if his dad was an Oni... Oh, the dad was already an Oni. Yeah. Because if we're talking about Kitomaru... The, 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 the Oni we're talking about here, the specific Oni, is looking for revenge on the samurai who killed his dad. Gotcha. Okay. So Kitamaro was born after the legendary samurai Minumoto no Horimitsu, known as, Reiko, known as Reiko, and his party of heroes had subjugated Shuten Doji and freed all of the women captured by his Oni gang, 
Okay, so he's capturing women here, so... Yeah, I mean, that's not all... Yeah, I mean, that's not good. This, this, this is not a not the good, good guy, guy behavior. Yeah. The women were grateful to the samurai for having rescued them and returned home to their, vi their villages. One of the women, however, didn't return to her home. Instead, she traveled to the village of Kumihara, where she gave birth to a baby oni... Oh, Jesus. Shuten Doji's son. What? That's fucked up. The boy was named Kitumaru. He was born with a full set of teeth and an oni strength. So this baby pops out with a full set of chompers. It's so fucking strong. And it's so fucking strong. Buff fucking baby. Buff as hell, baby. I'm just imagining like those Mr. Universe guys posing, except it's a baby. Oh, God. He's got all his teeth. That's fucked up. That's cracked. At seven or eight years old, Kitumaro could slay a deer or a boar by throwing a single rock at it. That's like David and Goliath shit. He was apprenticed as a temple servant to, in, to Mount Haiji, or Mount Hai, like his father was. And just like his father, he was eventually expelled from the temple for being a wicked, wretched little boy. Oh, wretched. He's on some Jesus wretched. shit. It says wretched. Wretched. That's, he fled yeah. into the mountains and lived in a cave, turning to robbing people to survive. He studied magic and honed his powers in his secret hideout. Where did he get the books for magic? Uh, doesn't say he learned it from books, so maybe he learned it, like, intuitively? Who gave him the books? Hmm, plot holes. Maybe he stole but them off of travelers. it doesn't say from books. Maybe he figured it out just, like, intuitively. Yeah, he had enough time in the, in the cave. What else are you going to do in a cave? It's not like he could just plug in a PlayStation and start, uh, you know, playing Call of Duty. Might have been a... A uh, cool cave. Might have been a sick-ass bachelor pad cave. Well, he did have to rob people. Ooh, Oni looked fucked up. Sorry, I was Googling a picture of them. Well, this guy's spooky. Anyway, many years later, that samurai? Yeah. Raik Raiko? Yeah. Yeah. He was visiting his younger brother, Yorinobu. Yorinobu had captured the Oni bandit Kitumoro. Oh, shit. And had him locked in his bathroom. Oh, okay. Well, what are we going to do without the potty, wise guy? Reiko scolded his brother for being so careless and not properly subduing the Oni with ropes and chains. Yeah. Reiko showed y Yorinobu how to tie up an Oni and made sure that Kitumaro couldn't escape. Then Reiko spent the night just to make sure nothing bad would happen. That night, Kitumaro, the Oni kid, well, he's grown up by now, so the Oni, broke the bonds that were holding him like they were nothing. Yeah, he can do magic. He wanted revenge. Oh, no. So he snuck up to Raiko's room and spied on him. <gasps> Raiko noticed the Oni spying on him and decided to lay a trap. <gasps> In a loud voice, he told his attendants that the following morning they would ride to Mount Kurama to make a pilgrimage. Oh. Hearing this, Kurumura ran ahead to Kurama to plan an ambush for Raiko. Mm. Or Raiko. Rather. So he didn't have to get captured. He could have just spied. <laughs> uh, on the road outside of Ichihirano... Kitumuro slaughtered a cow and climbed inside of the body to hide Ew. and waited. Ew. Uh, girl. Gross. Well, I mean, you have to admit it's a good hiding place. Yucky. Yeah, I mean, no one's gonna... Nobody ever expects the inside of a cow. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that so old adage. That old adage. Nobody expects the inside of a cow. <laughs> that might become the... Uh, I'm stuck on the Spanish Inquisition. Like, I, I've really just... Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, I, I'm, I'm sitting here like, uh, like that, that might actually end up being the uh, episode title. Look, no one ever expects title, the inside of a cow? 
the episode title is either going to be No One Ever Expects the Inside of a Cow or Buff Baby. It's going to be Buff Baby with a full set of teeth. Buff Baby with a full set of teeth rules. <laughs> buff Baby rocks. I'm casting my vote for the Buff Baby. <laughs> so, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try to remember. I'll, I'll make sure that I. That's what I named the episode. When Reiko and his companions arrived at Ichi Hirano, they easily saw through Kitamoro's disguise. What? He was so, inside a cow. How did you even do that? Like, did he, he stick his him. face outside of the cow? Like, how'd they spot him? That's foolproof. I know, right? So apparently the samurai is extremely clever. Hmm. Superhumanly clever. Apparently. X-ray clever. Reiko's best archer, Watanabe Notsuno, shot an arrow through the, through the cow's body, injuring the oni. Whoa. So didn't shoot a, the arrow into, specifies it shot through the, the cow. Clean through. It's a hell of a shot. That's a hell of a shot. What kind of fucking arrows does this guy have? So, I know, right? He's got the, the 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 drill bit on the end. So you imagine it was just spinning through the air? Yeah. And just drilled right into it and yeah. out the other end? Looney Tunes style, yeah. But that makes sense. That's science. Yeah. Kodumaro emerged from the cow's corpse and yeah. charged at Reiko with all of his might. However, Reiko was too fast, and mm. he cut Kodumaro down with a single stroke of his blade. Damn. He spent all day planning this ambush. He's been get, wanting to get his revenge for years. He cut open a cow. It was yucky and wet and smelly in there. And they just take him out in a single shot. Kind of anticlimactic. Pretty anticlimactic. And then it's like, and then he died. Amen. All right. Epic story, man. I feel like mom was coming out for dinner and the storyteller was like, uh, 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 yeah. And, and then at the end he died. Let's, let's go eat Sketty. You know? That could have been what happened. Although I don't know that, that the ancient Japanese person who originally thought this up ate spaghetti. Like, they have noodles, but they don't have spaghetti, which is like noodles <sighs> with tomato sauce on them. No, I do know what spaghetti is. I just want to remind you, just in case you Do you think I didn't. forgot what sketty is? I, it's Stevie. It's called doing a joke. You mentioned to me that you've been forgetting a lot of shit lately, so I just assumed at some point that pasta would start to, like, slip out of your memory. Spaghetti is Shiloh's favorite food, so that would be the one that I'm forbidden from forgetting. <laughs> also, I got my birthday gift from Hannah today, and one of the things was a spaghetti measurer. So you can measure out dry spaghetti according to how many servings you need, which is great. That's handy. That's very handy. I had it on my wish hey, list. Hey, quick question. When you yeah. cook spaghetti, do you break the noodles to make them fit in the pot, or do you just let it uh, put the noodles in whole and, and, and let it cook that way, and the noodles gradually This is a trap, because your wife is Italian, so I know what the right way is, but I do break them. Ah, uh, I know you're not supposed to, but also... That's apparently a sin. I know, I know. I've seen enough posts from salty Italians. But it's easier. Salty how? Pretty like, mad about the breaking the sketty noodles thing. Okay, because for a moment I thought, like, as in the taste. No, as just like, in a in a so slang, I'm imagining these, colloquial these salt-covered sense. Italians. They might as well be. They're not too pleased about the way we're treating our dry sketty over here. So, uh, anyway, getting back to the Oni. Yeah. I get the feeling with the story, it was that quick and they couldn't make the Oni a good guy, even though he did have a complex character. I he feel. did. I feel that he had complex motivations. Which you may think... Kill the person who killed my dad is a bit one-sided. You, you kind of understand where he's coming from. I would, I would, I would do the same. Like that feels reasonable. But also, I guess if he's not able to recognize that his dad wasn't a great dude, he wasn't quite born yet when his dad died. He wasn't even born yet. I forgot he wasn't even born. Why are you so upset about 
that may okay i don't understand that's not my story you know i shouldn't discount how he handles his grief he's a very passionate uh person kodomaru i'm yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to give him grace but or I mean, he, rather. he scooped out the inside of a cow i mean shit that shows dedication at the very least but anyway, I think the reason why they couldn't even have him be remotely relatable, like like sympathetic, and they killed him off real quick, is because Onis are just that dangerous and bad. Oh. It's like, don't even entertain it. Yeah. Because now we're going to talk about Oni Hidokuchi. Okay. This is an action? This is an action. Oh, dear. Oni Hidokuchi refers to an act of kamikakushi, or being spirited away, where someone disappears due to having been eaten by an Oni. So they didn't disappear. They they died. I guess dying, in a sense, is a sort of disappearance, metaphorically, and sometimes literally. But I feel we're glossing over it a bit. So Oni go around eating people. So definitely not sympathetic characters. No, it, they do make it difficult. I've heard that um, the TV show Hannibal sympathizes pretty heavily with, you know, Hannibal. So maybe it's maybe you can do it. I've never seen the show. I don't know how well they do it. I have seen it. Is it good? It's uh pretty good. Is it actually gay or is everybody just horny? Honestly, everyone's just horny. I fucking But you can read into it. it. You can read the subtext. You can read the subtext and it is subtext heavy. But okay. okay. But there's no tangible gay behavior. Uh not in the seasons I saw. Which, okay, okay. Because the way people were talking about it, I was getting suspicious, and I was like, no way did they actually let Hannibal suck that guy's dick, Will Graham. No way. I don't, th- I don't think there's a scene where Hannibal Lecter sucks Will Graham's dick. I feel like Will Graham's more likely to suck Hannibal's dick, but also, I, again, I really only know so much about it. But also, just in general, having somebody eat something else is just, like, always a very, I feel, erotic metaphor in media and again, I'm not sure if this happens, but I think Hannibal gets Wilgram to eat a guy. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Again, I might have just seen a horny post that I misinterpreted. I don't, I'm not really sure. I feel like if he did, that's like the same thing as if they fucked. I'm just speculating, and you're not confirming or denying because you haven't seen far enough to really know. Any Hannibal yeah, fans in the, the comments sound seasons. off. Is it still running? I have no clue. I don't know. I think it is. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, Sorry, I talked about the erotic implications of cannibalism for too long. So when the people vanish without <laughs> warning or without a trace, mm-hmm. their disappearance is often blamed on evil spirits. Okay. There's a number of different words describing the phenomena. Mm-hmm. When a person is said to have been kidnapped and taken by one to the other world by spirits, they're said to be a victim of kamikakushi, or spirited in a way. These victims... Have you ever seen the movie Spirited Away? I have not. Can you believe that? You should. It's a very good movie. I own it. I bought it on YouTube a while ago because me and some friends had planned to to watch it. And I never fucking watched it. It's been two years. I know it's good. Never seen it. You you know you should watch tonight? I might as well. I think I provided that movie as an example in an essay I wrote once. And I had just read the Wikipedia page about it. I don't even know why I did that. Why did I do that? And not a movie I actually knew. I don't know. I don't know. Don't ask me. I wasn't there. So anyway, mm-hmm. these victims often come back to the world many years later, proud, uh, profoundly changed by the traumatic oh. experience. Oh. Sometimes, however, a person never returns after going missing. In these cases, the victim is often said to have been taken, or rather eaten, by mm. an oni. Yeesh. Oni Hitokuchi describes such a situation 
where the victim was gobbled up in a single bite, never to be seen again. Well, fuck, I mean, that's that. Got him down in one gulp. I figure this was a kind of a different format for Take You to Heck. I like it. But there we go. I'm intrigued. So anyway, we're going to move on from here. Yeah. And we're going to go from uh, eating people to like the Oni. I feel we're servicing the Vore community a little too much. Between the cannibalism and the eating people in one, one gulp talk. We can't help that, like, also in previous episodes, we've already talked about cannibalism at length with white people eating mummies. I forgot about that. Don't eat the mummies. Again? This is a gender swap uh, uh, suggestion. Maybe don't eat the mummies. This is, a re- this is apparently a reoccurring bit of advice we have to give. If given the opportunity to eat a mummy, don't. So we're going to go from eating mummies now. Yeah. How can I make this segue work? Uh, to eating yummies. And then that can just sort of be whatever's coming next. Ah, uh, fuck it. We're in the monster zone. Oh, good. Well, mummies are monstrous. That was easy. It's the monster zone. Monster zone. Uh, you know what? I am slightly altered. Figures. So that's why I didn't make the obvious connection. Did of you forget mummies. that a mummy is like a monster guy? I did actually. I forgot that mummies were monsters. Wow. Okay, that's okay. We can do it again if you want. No, no, it's done. We've recorded it now. Now, now we have to broadcast it to the world because we are, if, if nothing else, we are about Veritas. Yeah, I can agree with that statement. So we're not talking about mummies. You've gotten me confused now. What are we supposed to be talking about? Well, because I've gotten into Baldur's Gate three. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, D&D monsters is actually a really good direction to go. I want to talk about owl bears. Oh, I think I've heard about one of these in a campaign before, if I remember correctly. I think I was listening to it. Mm, no, I'm thinking about bug bears, which don't have a lot of bug, by the way. Really? From what I can tell, it's just kind of big bears. They can talk, kind of. Like, look that up for me, fact check that, but I'm pretty sure bug bears is just big bears. Someone just did a typo. <laughs> Bugbears are hairy goblinoids born for battle and mayhem. So they're not even fucking bears. They're not even bears. Just goblins. They're goblinoids. And this picture I'm looking at doesn't really look bear-like. It I've looks seen more them. it looks more like if uh Bigfoot mm. had a love child with Wolverine. Mm, that's fun. Not very bear-like, though, no. I feel that I've seen fan interpretations of it that were distinctly bear-like, and perhaps that's coloring my impression of them. Let me see what images I get. No, I'm not seeing any of these looking really like a bear. Perhaps this is actually something that I've only Maybe heard in d podcasts. And I, I've just been imagining it this way. Okay. Every so often, there's one that's a little hairier than the others that can maybe, if you squint a little be bear-like but yeah mostly this is just big goblins with long hair but you see what i mean though it looks like it looks like bigfoot had a baby with wolverine yeah it it yeah it does i can agree with that a lot of these guys have big knives in hand so you know that tracks also does it hurt to do the big knife thing out of the knuckles is that established i've never seen the movies i feel like it's gotta hurt it's but established it's just, that it hurts every time and it heals back every time because oh, he has the, the quick regenerative healing. That's fucked up. That's gross. They shrink yeah. back down? They slide back into his arm. Yuck. I don't think they should be in there. Well, that's where they are canonically in the Marvel Universe. How mm. do we get on talking how do we get on talking about Marvel? Let's back up. Bug a bears. Bit. No. 
Owl bears. Owl bears. Yeah. I want to talk about owl bears. Hold on, let me look those up. Does that look like what it should look like? So D&D creator Gary Gygax drew inspiration from many creatures from a packet of dime store animals he purchased what? as minis. What? The packet was labeled prehistoric animals, <laughs> and the contents included numerous monsters inspired by Japanese kaiju films. Fascinating. These plastic minis led to a number of the game's most fearsome monsters, including the owl bear. Which I just looked it up. Looks like a bear with the face of an owl. Now this is one that really does what it says on the tin. Would you like to know where owl bears come from? Obviously. Apparently, in the universe of D&D, &D, yeah. nobody actually knows. Yeah, that tracks. This is Why actually a heated matter of debate whether what? or not they are owls or bears or something else entirely. What? Some believe they are the byproduct of a wizard's attempts to crossbreed an owl and a bear, while others say they were created by the divine forces that shaped the cosmos. There's even an untrustworthy lich named Thessalor who takes credit for the owl bear's creation, along with several other monsters, though his claims have never been verified. Sometimes I forget that there is, like, generally considered to be at least some form of a unified D&D universe that most of the other adventures take place in. And, like, obviously homebrews will be different, or if you adapt it to have your own world or your own material, that's different. But I do kind of forget that, like, those are spinoffs. Like, with the original books, at least, it seems like most of that was interconnected, adventure-wise, right? Maybe I'm wrong and real fans are screaming at me right now. But it's referencing that as if it's like common lore with this one particular suspicious lich who's bullshitting everyone. Yeah. You're, cha you're changing my perception of the game. Impressive. Indeed. So elves say they encountered them thousands of years ago in their travels, and some fae even say owlbears have existed since the dawn of time. Really? No way. I don't believe that for a minute. I think the fae are fucking lying. Given the strange nature of the fae wild... It wouldn't be surprising if they originated from there due to the unstable nature of Fey crossings. That's a good way to put it. It's possible that owl bears migrated out of the Fey wild and spread to other areas of the multiverse. Yet another theory states that there are little more than giant owls who evolved beyond their need for flight. Mmm. So just big owls on the ground. Yeah, those are like the theories of where the owl bear came from. I don't feel that that's a very threatening creature. Can I start there? Because even if they can rotate the neck, well, now they're just looking up at the sky, up at God, to say, why did you do this to me, Papa? That doesn't, like, you're not really going to, I don't know, that just doesn't seem particularly scary. I feel like a bear head is substantially scarier than an owl head on a bear. Would you be even more scared if I told you that they just want to hug? I feel there's a catch. There's always a catch. Yeah. Owl bears are aggressive to the point where hunters have been known to take them out before they can rampage through the local region and wipe out all of the game. Shit. They'll just eat everything. They were originally designed to be uh, difficult monsters for low-level players, even though a seasoned adventurer might find an owlbear battle tough, especially mm. if there's more than one. Mm. They're widely known for their hugging multi-attack. Oh, shit. They charge with their arms open wide, and they wrap their arms around their prey to draw it close, and then they crush them with their beak. What? I thought they were going to crush them with their big, strong arms. Or they just start pecking at your damn noggin. Whoa, that'd be a bad way to go. Like a yeah. walnut. Crack you like a walnut. Uh, Crack that thing clean open. That's fucked up. So, would you like to know uh, uh, something lighter about the owlbear? Yeah, do they have any hobbies? Uh, well, they apparently mate for life. I don't know Aww. if that counts as a hobby. That's cute. Find their so one true owlbear love. So these cave-dwelling monstrosities 
live in mated pairs for life. This doesn't just mean until one of them dies. Even an owlbear's mate passes away, they won't seek to bond with another. Oh, that's sad. In fact, after finding a mate, they will consider other owlbears to be hostile and do anything in their power to drive them away from their territory. Oh. When an owlet reaches the appropriate age, it leaves its parents to seek out a mate and start a family of its own. Cute. Female owlbears have been known to travel great distances to find the right mate, and males begin searching for a suitable environment to raise their own family. Aww. Just have to hope you cross paths. The bond between a mated pair is incredibly powerful. Though they hunt separately, owlbear pairs spend lots of time together and share a deep affection for one another. Hmm. Their bond is so strong that a mate will ferociously attack and tear to shreds anyone or anything that threatens their partner or die trying. Damn. This is just like a random one-off monster. Do they put this much thought and storytelling into every single fucking monster? I guess that's why people like the game so much. Well, owlbears have been around like a while since like the first edition of yeah. D&D. That's true. They probably got more and more. Also, if local hunters have had to clear them out so that they don't, like, kill all the local game, then they know what they fucking look like. Don't shit me. Like, come on. Someone has seen one somewhere. And they're, like, a town over. It's not, like, a random lich who, like, lives behind the gas station. You can verify this. I just think they're not trying hard enough, is all. No, indeed. Uh, sorry. I'm, uh, fighting this edible a bit harder than I expected. You were bragging about your, your high, high tolerance earlier. I got to take a tea break. Yeah, you know what? It's just, it's, it's kind of pleasant that it's happening. It's just that it's kind of inconvenient. And that Unexpected. I'm in the middle of doing a thing. Yeah. Did you have more than usual? No, I didn't. I guess. Strange. It was particularly concentrated. Strange. Would you like to know what an owlbear smells like? I get the feeling you'll tell me anyway. While it's not uncommon to smell decay and rot when traveling through secluded wooded areas, the heavy stench of carrion... <laughs> may be an indication that there is an owlbear or an owlbear den nearby. That's fucking yucky. Not only do they decorate the outside of their dens with the oh, bones of their kills... That's cute still. <laughs> but owlbears also hunt the grounds nearby. After mm. making a successful kill, they'll drag pieces of the corpse back and leave it to rot outside. Mm. The smell draws other predators and carrion feeders, which means more prey for the owlbear. Oh, shit. That's smart. Unless purposely hunting an owlbear, it's not a good idea to approach a den. Yeah. Owlbears are very intelligent, and chances are they know exactly who is creeping or stumbling up on their household. If there are owlets inside, they'll be even more dangerous. Yeah. Especially the males, as they will do whatever it takes to protect their family from intruders and predators. Yeah, just leave them alone. Let them be a family man. Owlbears are vocal creatures, by the way. Oh. From their high-pitched battle cry screeches to the complex series of screeches they use to communicate with each other. Mmm. Either way, they're screeching. Regardless, it's screeching. They have one screech when searching for a mate, one for when they bonded with their mate. Aww. The two of them share, share nuzzles and grumbles and grunts and screeching as if talking to each other and their offspring. That's really cute. So these owlbears are trying to live their own lives. Yeah, adventures would do well to not fuck with that. They're just having like this leave it to beaver thing, except, you know, owlbears. Yeah, like the owlbears aren't actively seeking out people to kill. It's only if you get into their fucking space, they get territorial. That makes sense to me. Respect their privacy. They had a no trespassing sign up and you stomped on it. So now you owe us 
Mates seem to be in constant communication with each other, but because they tend to be solitary hunters, they hunt in silence so deadly, it's almost impossible to hear them coming. That's crazy, because they're big as hell. Owl bears can swoop in on their prey undetected and have been known to even silently track other predatory hunting parties, like wolves, so they can sweep in and steal their kills right out from under them. They're pretty good strategizers from what I've heard so far. They also learn how to farm their own termites after depleting their areas of huntable creatures, dragging wood in to attract termites to create a steady supply of food. What? They also farm? Not only does this provide them with a sustainable diet, those termites also attract other prey. Ah. So, what I'm getting from this is owlbears will eat anything. Yeah, any bug will do. So that is uh, just some facts about owlbears. They're eating every pony over in D&D World. That's crazy. I wonder if they'll do spike traps next, what the the 6E evolution will be. Well, I have no clue. Again, I'm just getting into D&D. And I'm getting into it as a computer game because fun fact about the computer, even though I still roll the dice, mm-hmm. I'm rolling virtual dice. Oh, yeah, that's fun. I click a thing and a virtual dice rolls. That's nice. Do you know what I don't have to do? Roll actual dice. Math. 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 Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, that part gets a little tricky. Yeah. <laughs> so this is actually a lot more accessible to me because I don't feel like doing like math whenever I'm playing a game. And you don't have to like try to remember what bonuses you have active at the moment or whatever, which is more math. And it's like, well, you forgot to do the math that makes you more powerful. And it's like, okay, well, fuck me. Can we apply it in retrospect? And it's like, no, no, well, you did it without it now. All right. Okay. okay. I want you to know, by the way. Yeah. That there is, I'm not proud to say, deep inside of me. Yeah. A bully. Mm. Who wants to yell, nerds, yeah. at us right now as we have this Dungeons & Dragons conversation. Well, we're adults. We are. And our God-given right as American citizens in this great country of ours is doing what we like with the free time that the good Lord has given us. It's That's the, debatable. It's the Sabbath. What, do you expect me to not play D&D? you expect me to not enjoy my free time that... Jesus Christ has given us. You realize that Jesus Christ has nothing to do with the American labor movement and the reason we have a weekend. Um, I think if you walk into any church on Sunday morning, they'll tell you that Jesus was, he had his little pudding fingers in pretty much all of it, but whatever. (laughs) Pudding fingers. Sorry to compare Jesus to pudding fingers, Ron. It's funny. So I did it. That is blasphemy. This is Not least of which because Ron DeSantis is the exact opposite of Jesus. Just a complete and total fascist. And I don't think Jesus should have pudding on his fingers. I don't think Jesus should have put it on his fingers either. If he's, gonna just... put, if he's gonna put his fingers on everything else, I don't think he should have put it on him. <laughs> this came from CBR.com, by the way. Okay. So, that was our source on owl bears. And so, if our depiction of owl bears isn't consistent with your own homebrew games or deep official lore That's that okay. we don't know about, uh, I, again, inside of me, I have this big, like, jock who just hates the nerds. It's like and stuffing you in a trash can. Like, stuff you in a trash can. And I just don't really care enough to be completely accurate about D&D stuff. I care about accuracy in the news segment. Depending on what the next segment is, I'll, I, I'll either respect or disrespect you accordingly. What's the next segment in which you decided to actually care about telling the truth? What happened to Veritas? What doesn't apply to owl bears? <laughs> okay. Penis head. <laughs> New insult just dropped. Penis head. So, the next segment... Yeah. Uh, I figure we take us away from owlbears. Yeah. 
and we move ourselves. Well, oh, oh no, no, hold on, oh. hold on. Oh, oh, I may have an actual segue. Oh, okay. Do you want to? Do you want to say it for the audience? So owl bears yeah. are stealthy. Yeah. Like they sneak up on their yeah. prey, and they, they they sneak up on other predators. Yeah. And they've been known to. Is this about spies? Stealthily, yes. This is about spies. point of a segue is that it's like kind of a natural way to move into the okay it's about spies gotcha gotcha gotcha. that felt very natural to me i don't know what you're talking about yeah yeah maybe simplify i spy (laughs) promise that your segues are too wordy my segues are no such thing my segues are perfect (laughs) okay yeah what spy are we talking about well i was thinking to myself why talk about one spy when we can talk about two spies are they friends uh, they're spouses. <gasps> Yay! So I hope they're friends also. You know what? I hope they were friends too. This <laughs> is Julius Rosenberg and Ethel Rosenberg. Hell yeah. They were spies for the communists. Whoa. In America. Whoa. Ethel Greenglass worked as a clerk for some years after her graduation from high school in 1931, and she married Julius Rosenberg in 1939, the year he earned a degree in electrical engineering. Both of them were already active members of the Communist Party of the mm. United States of America, CPUSA. Ah. ah. Which still exists. Interesting. I did not know by that. By now, it's just a front for, like, oh. feds. Catch you doing things you don't want, you know, the left to do. That's really funny. It's, it's literally just a bunch of feds pretending to be communists in a room, wearing their little hats, and then going outside to their unmarked police cars... Like, we've really got this one on the ropes. He's from another precinct. He is literally from the town over. Come on, man. You've seen him at conferences. (laughs) Stupid. In the following year, Julius obtained a job as a civil engineer with the U.S. Army Signal Corps. And he and Ethel began to work together to disclose U.S. military secrets to the Soviet Union. Ooh. Later, Ethel's brother, Sergeant David Greenglass, who was assigned as a machinist to the Manhattan Project to build the atomic bomb... Provided the Rosenbergs with data on nuclear (gasps) weapons. Oh, shit. That's crazy. We're not just talking... They weren't doing... Piddly stuff. No. That they were learning about the U.S. military. They were learning the big secrets. They were learning the ones that the government, like, does, like, murder and propaganda to keep under under wraps. There have been, in the past, high school students who will, as a project, design what they think the uh, atomic bomb or nuclear weapon, like, mechanically worked. And they have been so accurate that the U.S. government has come and, like, confiscated, like, there's been various cases of this, and, like, confiscated the plans just because the kid got too close to how it actually works. What? That's how much they don't want people building a bomb. That makes it look more suspicious, TBH. Because, like, the kid still has the knowledge. All you've done is confirm it. The Rosenbergs turned over this information to Harry Gold, a Swiss-born courier for the espionage ring, who then passed it on to Anatoly... A. Yakolev, the Soviet Union's vice consul in New York City. I like that there was just a little spy check-in. Like, you can just go to an embassy and it's like, you're in that country now. Embassies are a very interesting concept to me. 
Yeah, and the only reason why embassies work is because we've decided the countries have decided that their borders are so important that even these tiny little borders are super important mm. to their existence as a state and their ability to project power. That's fascinating. So Julius Rosenberg was discharged by the army in 1945 for having lied about his membership in the Communist Party. Oh. So in 1945, they found out he was in the Communist Party and were like, no, fuck you. Because at that point, there were laws against the U.S. government hiring communists. Wow. There still are laws in place, by the way. Wait, really? Yeah. Like, for real? Yeah. I feel like that shouldn't be allowed. You know, it really shouldn't. I feel like... But we live in a capitalist society that makes capitalist laws. Remember, Stevie, laws are just a threat of violence by a nation's dominant ethno-social faction. I just don't think it's right. Once again, we have a segment that veers into (laughs) communist territory. I just think it's fucked up, is all. No, I agree. I think it's fucked up also. I think you should be able to be a part of any party you want to be and work for the U.S. government if you're capable of doing the job. Yeah. Hmm. Because they already hire fascists. Yeah, like they've really had no problem doing that in the past. If we're just letting anybody in the door. That's literally what Project Project Paperclip was. For real? After World oh, War II, yep. they funneled away high, like high-level fascists that they did, or like useful fascists, yeah. like scientists and shit, and brought them over to the U.S. and gave them new lives. And we're like, no, this guy with a suspiciously German accent, with who, the cartoonishly villainous German accent, fucking Christ, yeah. We I mean, specify not all German accents are cartoonishly villainous. It's just in this case, it's because they're Nazis. <laughs> You have to admit, there is a certain inflection in a German accent that can make it very villainous. If in the proper context. If in the proper context. So yeah, we're not saying all German accents. Sometimes a German accent can be kind of sexy. Yeah, I agree. I've seen some sexy Germans online. Although even the Germans... We're digging yourself into a hole. Fucking Christ. (laughs) Fuck! As I say, even the Germans that aren't sexy still deserve respect. And I'm like, it's fucking Germans. They're fine. They're fine. They're good. They're fine. Fuck the Nazis, though. Germans know that already. Whatever. God, fucking cancel culture. Oof. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry I went through a whole arc in 60 seconds. Yeah, anyway, Gold was arrested on May 23rd of 1950 in connection with the case of a British spy, Klaus Fuchs, or Fuchs. That's probably Fuchs. <laughs> Mike has had a cuss word, which you never do on the podcast. <laughs> Who had been arrested for giving U.S. and British nuclear secrets to the Soviet Union. Man. So you've got all these spies giving away nuclear secrets to the Soviet Union. So all of these capitalist countries are like, you know what? You know who definitely we don't want having nukes? It's the communists. Because we are ideologically opposed to each other. Yeah. And uh, there's no way we can possibly get along. we got to spread the good news of getting to exploit workers i i hate when a country has too many equal rights do you hear how stupid you sound shut up that's sort of just generally at the government in case they were listening gotcha the arrest of green glass and julius rosenberg followed quickly in june and july damn. and ethel was arrested in august damn another conspirator morton sobel a college ro- classmate of julius rosenberg fled to mexico but was extradited oh come on the Rosenbergs were charged with conspiracy to commit espionage and brought to trial on March 6th, 1951. To be fair, they definitely did commit espionage. Like, it wasn't a conspiracy to do it. Like, they definitely did it. 
No, they definitely did it. They definitely did it. Again, we want to stress, they weren't just, like, finding out, like, what is so-and-so politician's favorite restaurant? Yeah. Or, uh, hey, they've got these things called blue jeans over here. They're probably going to become really popular in the Soviet Union. Invest now, yeah. But uh, nuclear secrets. They were stealing nuclear secrets to give to the Soviets, which, honestly, as an anarchist, I got to say, is still bad. It doesn't seem good. Okay, okay. I don't think anybody should have nuclear secrets. Gonna be so real with you, I don't really think we should, I don't think we should use that power. I don't think we should have that. Maybe I'm just thinking too small, but I don't think that anybody should have the ability to wipe out all life on Earth. Seems a little OP and bad for the plot. There is a good side to nuclear power. Power plants. Nuclear power plants. That alone. Which do put out waste, but put out much less waste than current power plants. That actually was my next thought. Is that like, well, I mean, it can be used for good. It's just, can we stop only using them for weapons? Please. <laughs> See, that'd be nice. We just stopped using them for weapons. But, you know, we're humans. And ever since the first human hit another human over the head with a rock or something because he looked at him sideways, uh, we've sort of been on a tear. Grug versus Brug. I remember it well. Classic case. Grug versus Brug. Sad day in the cave that day. The Rosenbergs were charged with conspiracy to commit espionage and brought to trial on March 6th of 1951. Greenglass was the chief witness for the prosecution. So they got him to flip. Oh, that sucks. On March 29th, they were found guilty. And on April 5th, the couple was sentenced to death. Jesus, that seems like a lot. Because they were communists who stole nuclear secrets. I'm not into the death penalty in general. That's a lot. That just seems like overkill. But trying to overthrow the government by breaking into the Capitol building is 18 months. Sobel and Gold received 30-year prison terms, and Greenglass, who was tried separately, was sentenced to 15 years in prison. So he cooperated, turned state's witness, and only got 15 years. God damn. I don't think that you should get to, like, print out a coupon and get out of death free. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It just feels weird that if you cooperate with an oppressive system, it treats you a little better. That just seems wrong. That's how the oppressive system maintains power. Yeah. Threat of violence otherwise. You know, if you think about it, the only reason that poor people exist is because capitalism needs them as an incentive to make people work harder so that they don't fall into uh, homelessness. Oh, yeah. It's a threat. It's very much a threat. They could solve homelessness, but won't. Yeah, just something to think about, folks. Damn it. We did commie shit again. We did commie shit again, yes. Damn it. Uh, For two years, the Rosenberg case was appealed through the courts and before world opinion. The constitutionality and applicability of the Espionage Act of 1917, under which the Rosenbergs were tried, as well as the impartiality of the trial judge, Irving R. Kaufman, who, in pronouncing the sentence, accused them of... A crime worse than murder. Jesus. Were key issues during the appeals bonus, uh, the appeals process. Yeah. Seven different appeals reached the Supreme Court of the United States and were denied. Yeah, that tracks. And pleas for executive clemency were dismissed by President Harry Truman in 1952 and President Dwight Eisenhower in 1953. Yeesh. Yeah, they really did not care for communists. A worldwide campaign for mercy failed. Wow. And the Rosenbergs were executed in the electric chair at Sing Sing Prison 
in Ossining, New York. Ethel became the first woman electrocuted by the U.S. government since Mary Surratt was hanged in 1865 for her alleged role in the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Whoa, that is crazy. In the years after the Rosenbergs' executions, there was significant debate about their guilt. The two were frequently regarded as victims of cynical and vindictive officials of the FBI. Mm. Highly sympathetic portraits of the Rosenbergs were offered in major novels, including E.L. Doctorow's The Book of David, or I'm sorry, The Book of Daniel, 1971, and Robert Coover's The Public Burning in 1977. Interesting. The former released as the motion picture Daniel in 1983. Hmm. The controversy over their guilt was seemingly resolved in the early 1990s, After, however, because after the collapse of the Soviet Union and the release of Soviet intelligence information, it confirmed Julius Rosenberg's involvement in espionage. Yeah. I mean, they did do it. I guess the people were just debating about whether or not they actually did rather than whether or not that was actually wrong. Not really a step in the right direction, in my opinion. They, they should no. debate whether or not it's, it's, it's wrong for them to have done that. Yeah. In 2015, an independent lawsuit secured the release of grand jury testimony in 1950 by Greenglass, which indicated that he might have been lied at trial by exaggerating his sister's role in the espionage ring in order to obscure the more extensive involvement of his wife, Ruth, who was Oof. not prosecuted. Oof. So, Youch. Youch. Yeah. So all of that is kind of the story of Julius Rosenberg and Ethel Rosenberg. Well, that's fucked up. I think it's about enough for an episode. That was the story of Julius Rosenberg and Ethel Rosenberg. It was kind of a bummer, but it's a thing that actually happened, and it's why they're in our segment, I Spy. Yeah, very interesting overall. If you think of spy, this is the big ones. These are the big ones. They did They did big spy stuff, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably enough for an episode. How do we make that episode so long? I don't know. Well, you, you, you had the bathroom break in the middle oh, of it, which... okay, fair. Did take a bit of time. Fair. So when I edit that out, <laughs> it's going to be a lot less, but we're probably still going to have like an hour 10, hour 15. That's great. You know what? Sound off in the comments... <laughs> If I'm correct about the length of... If my guess is correct about the length of how long this episode actually is... To, to be fair, by the time it's released, you will know. <laughs> I will, but I just want to give people the chance to sound off in the comments. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put up a sound off in the comments option. <laughs> We've got enough gotcha. for an episode. Stevie, where can people find you? You guys can find all of my stuff at steviebee.com. That's dvbea.com. It has links to my Twitch, my TikTok, my Discord server. It's really, really cool. It's really fun and full of awesome people. And you should especially follow me on Twitch. I really like being over there. Micah, where can the people find you? The good people can find my music at mxmaxwell1.bandcamp.com. Also Blue Sky. Uh, you can also find me on Blue Sky at mxmaxwellmusic if you have a Blue Sky invite and are already on there. But given there's only like 500,000 people maybe on the website. Statistically unlikely. Statistically unlikely. But you know. If you, if you happen to be there, we'd love to see you. Yeah, exactly. You know where else we'd love to see you? Our Patreon account. That's right. We have a Patreon where for a mere $3 per month, you can listen to all of our bonus episodes, which for every free episode that we do we have a bonus episode so it's twice as much content for your ears yeah also if you feel so inclined there is a ten dollar tier and if you subscribe at that tier we will say your name at the end of the episode so our ten dollar tier sponsors are louis meekle 
Rose, Pete Wilbo, and Cassidy Johnson. Kisses on the forehead for you. And thank you very much. Um, but yeah, if you want to get in on that action, go to patreon.com, look up Gender Swap Podcast. You'll find us. And uh, yeah, we also have a Tumblr. We have a Tumblr. Controls, and you if can you send, send us messages. Posts, you can send messages. You can send quizzes for us to do. Wow. Yeah, at the Tumblr. Uh, if you want to message me, you've got to do it through Patreon. Cause, uh, sorry. Sorry, I don't talk for free. <laughs> That's ostensibly, ostensibly not true, given the fact this podcast is, we're currently recording yeah, is free. It's pretty free. And I'm talking. Yeah. Friends and family discount. Yeah, there you go. So anyway, I guess there's nothing left to say, but bye. Bye.